The greatest battles you'll ever fight are not outside of you. The greatest battles you'll ever fight are deep inside of you. Your own demons, your own dragons, all those things that tell you thou shalt not. You know, everything that stands at the door of your dreams and desires and says you shall not pass. People are saying, forget women, I don't want to have relationships, and that's ludicrous, and that's not sovereignty. I had to take my power back, and I had to find my own redemption. Until each of us is willing to take absolute responsibility, we're never going to find our redemption, we're never going to find our sovereignty. What? quantum physics proves what the mystery schools all great teachings have told us your internal world drives your external world you're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were you live life on your own terms you're self-sufficient you think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum when life knocks you down you get back up because in your gut know that's what men do. You're a badass and a warrior. And on the days when you forget, we are here to remind you who you really are. Welcome to the Sovereign Men Podcast. I'm your man, Nikki Ballou. Got a very special guest uh, for you today. Today's guest has been one of the world's top thought leaders in creating uh, harmony, success, and wealth. And he went through a Uh, an intense experience a few years ago, and he's become uh, a leading thought leader when it comes to helping folks deal with adversity and redemption. Uh, His name is James Arthur Ray. Welcome to the show, James. Thanks, Nikki. It's good to be here. Appreciate you having me. I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, James, we created Sovereign Man because I see a crisis of manhood and masculinity in the world today. Um, and it's going on on two ends. On, on the one hand, there are dark forces in the culture that are trying to say that men, masculinity, and manhood are, 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 are bad and toxic, and we don't need them. And I believe you can see that going on all around us in, in messages being given to us through the culture and through uh, the forces that are, are trying to change the way we live our lives in the West. But on the other hand, there's a group of men that are responding to this by coming out and saying, well, screw everybody else, screw women. We're just going to go do our own thing in our own way. And um, they're not interested in, in, in marriage, society, and family. And I think both of those forces are equally dangerous to men and manhood and masculinity. That's why we're doing this show. So to give you a bit of context and background. And I wanted to bring you on because as far as I'm concerned, you're probably one of the world's leading authorities on adversity and redemption. And and I thought perhaps I could have you start to talk a bit about that. Maybe maybe share a bit of your story if you like or and 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 tell us what what men need to do today in order to to live lives as the best, most masculine, honorable version of themselves. Well I love the topic and and I have some real strong opinions around what sovereignty really means because my my particular experience Nikki is that there's a vast misunderstanding around sovereignty and you and you have 
describe one of those misunderstandings is people are saying, forget women, I don't want to have relationships and and so on and so forth, which is, in my opinion, and, and everyone has an opinion. And as a viewer, you know, just take my opinion or leave it. But that's ludicrous. In my opinion, that's ludicrous. And that's not sovereignty. And and so, so yeah, let me let me back up and I'll I'll tell a really brief piece of my story for those of your viewers who are not familiar yet with me. Uh, 2013, I I came out of a major crash and burn. I was standing in the desert in uh, Arizona and I was I was homeless. 2013, I was homeless. I was physically broken and in horrible physical condition. I had periodontal disease. Uh, I was alone and I was $20 million in debt, 20 million. And, and so I talk about sovereignty. I had to take my power back and I had to find my own redemption. Without going into all the reasons why I was there, I had gone from being having a total net worth of north of 20 million to to where I was today, 20 million dollars in debt and homeless. And so, yes, I, I do know adversity and I do know redemption. And I, I think we need to understand what redemption means because we hear that a lot in spiritual circles. And the true definition of redemption is to gain or regain something by paying the price. So I'd ask your viewer today, are there things that you'd like to gain that you've never had before? Are there things in your life, relationship, and business that you'd like to regain that you once had, but you've lost them? If the answer is yes to one of those questions or both, then what you need is redemption. And that is something that every man needs, every woman needs, our country needs, our world needs. And unfortunately, Nikki, as I observe the world, and yes, I can see what's going on in the world around us. It, if you can't see it, then you're really asleep at the wheel. And, and what I see, though, is that everybody wants redemption, but they want everyone else to pay the price. You know, everyone wants to put blame on, on, well, it's, and you're still in Canada, right? Yep. It, yeah. So forgive me. I'm, I'm in the United States, but, but we're in a world economy. It's obvious. I mean, 2020 proved to us in a nanosecond that the entire world is one. And in a nanosecond in 2020, the entire world shifted. And so, Canada's certainly been through a lot of a lot of ups and downs, maybe more downs than ups recently, and and we all have. And you know, so everyone wants to blame Trudeau. Everyone wants to blame, um, you know, Biden. Everyone wants to blame the Democrats or the Republicans, and so on and so on and so on. And we're at factions. We're definitely at factions with each other. And we that's not getting us anywhere except further and further apart. What we have to do, Nikki, 
to deal with this adversity and to survive, much less thrive, is first and foremost, we have to take, I'll, I'll use your term, I love the, the name of your podcast, we have to take our own sovereignty back. And that's not about money. It doesn't matter how much money you have today. You know, there are people with a lot of money who don't have sovereignty. And they're, the, two, the two can coexist, but they're not the same. They're defined differently. And here's how I define sovereignty. And it's very similar to redemption, is that we have to take absolute responsibility for who we are and where we are. And until we do that, it was like me standing in the desert in 2013. I could I could easily, Nikki, and you you know a lot about my story and my and my whole journey. I could easily say, well, the government manipulated things, which they did. All right. And for me to harp on that, where's it going to get me? Nowhere. You know, I could easily say, well, I was treated unfairly in a horrible accident. And, and, you know, there's some people who would agree, some would disagree. Where's that going to get me? It's not going to get me anywhere. I'm still going to be standing in the desert uh, playing victim. Until we're willing, each of us is willing to take absolute responsibility. We're never going to find our redemption. We're never going to find our sovereignty. And the primary place that we have to take sovereignty, Nikki, is in our own emotional responses, in our own, in our own internal game. The internal drives the external. And quantum physics proves that. The mystery schools tell us that. Everything external, even neurosciences tell us that everything external to us is a projection of the internal world. And so we've got to internally take responsibility, and take control of our emotional state of being and emotional responses. And that's tough for guys because most guys have been taught things like, and I don't know what your upbringing was, Nikki, but most guys that I talk to were taught, hey, grown, real men don't cry. You know, walk it off, toughen up. And unfortunately, what we're taught to do as men is to stuff our emotions. But let me promise you this, anything that is suppressed will be expressed in later days in uglier ways. When you suppress something, it's like putting a pressure, put it in a pressure cooker. And if you don't let the steam out over time, it's going to blow up in a big way. And most probably a dysfunctional way. So I'll stop there and let you let you ask some questions. But hopefully, I mean, that's that's the beginning point. Hopefully that makes some sense. Look, I think the biggest challenge men have today in 2022 isn't that they're too hard. I think it's probably that most men today are a little too soft, that they don't go through the world ready to handle what the world's throwing at them and uh, and do it in in such a way that allows them to to transcend it and and win um having said that to stuff your emotions is nuts
because what you said, I, that, that, that was such a beautiful phrase. It's going to come out uh, in later days in uglier ways, 100% accurate, 100% true. Uh, but, you know, I really believe men today are, are too soft. We're, 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 we're raising uh, young boys to um, not take responsibility for their lives. We're raising young boys to not strive for excellence. Uh, and I, I got a real problem with that. I've got two sons, one's 14, one's 16. They're both in high level sports and thank God there, they still want the kids to win and they still want the kids to get better. But before they were, uh, in high level sports, they were in Timbits hockey in Canada and, and, and Timbits soccer. Uh, and you know, everybody got a participation trophy. People would cry if they, they didn't win. I mean, it, it's, it, it's. It, it's not raising a generation of leaders. It's not raising a generation of strong men. Uh, and I worry because I know in the adversaries of the West, in, in Russia and in China, they're actually emphasizing what they call manly education to teach their boys and their men to be strong. And, and I'm, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that, because I do believe you're right. We can't avoid our emotions, but I worry about emotion taking over from somebody being ready to get out there and, 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 and face adversity and, 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 and not be crushed by it. Yeah, no, I, I'm totally with you. And, and the thing is, what, what I want to reiterate is that suppression is very dysfunctional. And you know, to get carried away with anything. And, and let me let me just say this. Any virtue taken to an extreme is a vice, period. And, and so, yes, if we look at the younger generations, and I and I I hesitate somewhat to talk about, but but you have two children in that in those age brackets. You're right. We've given them participation trophies. We've graduated them through school, even though they didn't earn it. We, we've, we've made sure to pamper them and to hold them and to help them and protect them. And unfortunately, in, mo in many cases, I'm not sure most, in many cases, that was well-meaning. I, I have a friend, uh, one of my early business mentors, and I'll, I won't use his name because I'm going to talk about a personal issue of his. One of my early business mentors, he's hugely successful. He helped me immensely in the early years. And he grew up in the Bronx. Very rough upbringing. Rough and tumble. And he decided, and, and this, is, this is classic, and I know you've heard this example, Nikki. Yeah. He decided that he wanted to give his children what he never had. So their first car was a BMW. Wow. Their first air flight was first class and every air flight thereafter. And that just kind of gives you a flavor for what their life has been. Well, those kids now are in their late 30s and they still don't have a job. And and they and and he and I have had this discussion and, and they're on they're on payroll. It's called daddy's allowance payroll. 
And he and I have had this discussion. He's a great guy. And he says, you know, I, if I had it to do all over again, I would do a lot of things differently. He had really good intention. But we grow the most, Nikki, in the crucible of challenge. That's where we're confronted with who we are and, and most obviously, in many cases, most cases, who we're not. And that's what the Toltec traditions, which I'm fond of, call the warrior. Now, I'm a little hesitant to use that term because it's been bastardized in modern world. You know, the warrior spirit that I'm talking about is, or the Toltecs talk about, and I'm going to reference today, is not about jumping in an ice bucket. You know, if you want to jump in an ice bucket, God bless you. I, I jumped in an ice bucket. I, I did that once, you know, once. Um, and Dude, it's once. not, it, yeah, <laughs> once. Um, my wife did it with me and, and and we almost like to, you know, not continued because <laughs> she was not. <laughs> but <laughs> Brother, but I'm from Iran, like, man. Iran, I don't man. like cold. I like warm yeah. and heat. <laughs> well, you know, my wife is from Iran as well. Yep. So, so nonetheless, um, so same, similar, similar nature. And, and, you know, the warrior that I'm speaking of is not about putting a log on your shoulder and running up a mountain like Macho Man. And, and unfortunately, that term has, has been bastardized to mean this machismo that when you look at the ancient traditions, which the Toltec Toltec translates as a, a person of knowledge. When you when you look at the ancient traditions, that the warrior spirit is about the willingness to fight. And the greatest battle you'll ever do, and I'll go back and reference myself standing in the desert in 2013, homeless, broken, and alone, and $20 million in debt. I've done a lot of battles between 2013 and 2022, yeah. and I'm still doing them, okay? And, and yet the greatest battle you'll ever fight is not outside of you. Now, I'm not saying you won't fight battles outside of you. I've fought plenty of battles, and I've got the scars to prove them. And yet, and, and by the way, I want my teachers and mentors to have plenty of scars, you know, there's a lot of people who, in today's world, it, it becomes really easy to be a teacher and a coach and a mentor. You you just need a Facebook page and and you need a podcast and you need a business card and and you're you're off and running. You're off and running, brother. but yeah, but nonetheless, you know, and I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just saying I want my teachers and mentors to have a lot of scars because the scars prove that you've been in the arena doing the battles every single day. Yeah. And that being said, the greatest battles you'll ever fight are not outside of you. The greatest battles you'll ever fight are deep inside of you. Your own demons, your own dragons, all those things that tell you thou shalt not. You know, everything that stands at the door of your dreams and desires and says, you shall not pass. Those are the things internally that are way more powerful than the things externally. And God knows, Nikki, 
most of us are so attached to the physical world. And I'm not, I'm not suggesting that we be these romantics at all. I'm very much a, a practical mystic, if you will. Um, and so many of us are so attached to the physical world. We look at the economy and, and God knows there's plenty of signs out there right now that that the whole world is is spinning. Right? <laughs> we look we look at the government, we look at the policies, we look at all these things that are going on and if that's how we judge our existence, if that's how we define ourselves, we're done. We're done. We're done. And that's that's where we have to have sovereignty because what quantum physics proves, what the mystery schools, all great teachings have told us is that your internal world, and I'm paraphrasing using my terms, your internal world drives your external world. And the hardest battle you'll ever fight as a warrior, Nikki, is to look at external stimulus and to turn away from that. And that's why the Christ who, who was a great teacher, obviously, said, judge not by appearances. It's really easy to get sucked into appearances. Again, stand in the desert with me for a moment. In 2013, $20 million in debt, homeless, 54 years of age, and physically broken and all alone. Well, you know, I could look around me and see nothing but cactus and sagebrush and go, I'm done. I'm done. And guess what? There were a lot of people who said, James Arthur Ray is done. Well, I'm not done. You no, know, and I, had to, I thank you, sir. I, I had to get my head on. I had to get my game straight. I had to, to take my sovereignty and my power back and say, look, yeah, I got some tough battles to fight. And that's going to make me have greater backbone that's going to make me more resilient that's going to prove to me what's capable of working through me because there's a greater power nikki that can come through us than it can ever come from us if you follow that that's powerful um but james i'm going to lower the mask and tell you um Tell you a little bit about what I've been dealing with this year, which is nothing compared to what you dealt with, but was challenging in a, in its own way. I um, ran a um, um, a men's mastermind for um, seven uh, seven to low eight figure business owners last year, and it was a it was tremendous, and it was lucrative, and in in late November. Last year, I contracted uh, the COVID-19 Delta uh, variant virus. It was virulent. It knocked me down. I had 11 horrible symptoms. I've never been this sick in my life. And we had an event coming up, um, two events. One was a dinner, and I asked the men to do it without me. And the second was uh, one of our sessions, which I thought I could remotely do with the help of one of the men. That was a terrible idea. It led to uh, one man seeing Teresa freaking out, saying, oh, my God, she's his, his woman. She hadn't been near me, but you know, it didn't matter. And 
she's going to, she's got COVID and my wife is pregnant and blah, blah, blah. And it blew the group up. I, I don't want to get into all the details, but the group blew up. A lovely source of fulfillment and income for me was gone. Uh, and I was counting on that income. <laughs> and um, the year started off really hard for me, really, really hard. I dipped into my financial reserves in a big way and they went from here to here. And it took me till July to really start to turn that around. And I did start to turn it around and did some good things. And we've got a, a community of uh, entrepreneurs, mostly coaches and consultants that we help. And um, we did a live event in July, it went well, and we did another live event. Now there were small intimate events. And this one that just happened now, um, you know, it was a great event, but there was, again, uh, something in it that didn't quite go the way we wanted it to go without going into a ton of detail. And um, it, it hurt us. It hurt me. Um, and I found out, as I told you, that one, one, one fella in the group uh, who had said he was going to sign up and then backed away, didn't just do that, but pulled someone else along with him. And I, I couldn't believe it. It's one thing to say no to yourself, but what are you doing? Taking, taking away food from my mouth and my kid's mouth and my lady's mouth. Why would you do that? And there's a part of me that wants to just go over to this guy and, and pound him. You know what I mean, James? And pound him. But that's not smart, A, because I'd go to jail, and B, because it's really not about that. Um, the truth of it is I attracted all this. I've attracted all the, the crap that's happened to me um, in this little while. It's all my responsibility. And what I realized by July was that all this stuff that went down forced me to dig, dig deep inside myself, forced me to uh, push myself um, harder than I ever have before. And it made me grow. It made me mentally stronger and tougher. And all that's happening right now is God is giving me an opportunity to become mentally stronger and tougher. And these folks, you know, they're just a mirror for me to say, Hey, you need to learn. There's certain, there's certain people that aren't supposed to be a part of your journey. And, you know, once you see that you need to, you need to move them out of your path faster. And maybe it's a bit of an expensive way to learn the lesson, you know, a six figure lesson, but less expensive than 20 million. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, first of all, my heart goes out to you and, and kudos to you for staying the course. It's, it's a tough time for all of us, Nikki. I, I mean, I don't know anyone who isn't facing challenges right now. I, I don't know anyone, you know, and I'm sure, I'm sure even, even those who appear to be, and here's what I know. When I when I had this net worth north of 20 million, everyone thought I was on easy street. Everyone thought that my life was magical. Everyone thought that everything just happened, you know, smooth as silk. Well, that's not true. You know, the 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 bigger you grow, the bigger your challenges grow and that there's a correspondence there. And so, so we're all facing challenges right now. I mean, we, Beersheba and I, um, that's my wife for the viewers. Um, Beersheba and I 
pivoted very quickly in 2020 and went online. You know, that's great. And online, I think you would agree, Nikki, is never going to replace face-to-face, heart-to-heart. It's just not. And yet the world has shifted tremendously. It's more challenging now. And, And I would imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, that you did this small intimate event. I would imagine if you had your wishes, it would have been a huge, massive event. And it the world has shifted. Less people are eating out. Less people are wanting to get on a plane. And it's not, you know, here's the thing, back up to your example. The greatest virus, and, and by the way, my wife and I both experienced the COVID virus. And it it hit us hard. It really did. And I'm a real healthy guy. And it kind of blew my mind because I, I couldn't figure out, you know, I've, I've invested my entire life in, in being healthy and we eat healthy. And we, I mean, we, I know you used to do personal training and, and, and I would guarantee you'd be, you'd be impressed with our diet and our lifestyle because we're really committed to that. And we still got it. And it hit us hard. It knocked it knocked me out of the gym for um, a good six weeks, if not longer. And and so that was tough. And here's my point, though, is that as hard as that that experience was, the greatest virus that hit our world was not a COVID virus. The greatest virus was a fear virus, the virus of fear and the indoctrination of, of fear and this idea that your wife, I'll use your example, could be a weapon against me because I'm so afraid because she's been exposed to you. You follow my logic here. You know, she's been exposed to you and now she might be infected and oh my God, she's going to infect me. So that makes her a weapon against me because I'm so afraid that I might catch something and die. Well, here's the hard fact guys. And I'm saying guys, because of our audience today, you're going to die. Yeah. We're all going to die. You know, the minute the minute you come into this lifetime, you begin the death process. And I know we don't like to talk about that, but that's a fact. That's a fact. You know, you signed a contract that you would exit the minute you you came into this lifetime. And so that's why, you know, going back and we haven't talked about the relationship with guys and women yet. But in the mystery teachings, the, the female energy is the bringer of death. If you look at, at in, in the Hindu tradition, Kali is the goddess of death, and she's got fangs and skulls hanging around her neck, and she's got dripping blood. Um, and, and Saturn is the vehicle of death. Why? Because anything that brings birth also brings death. Those are, those are equal pairs. And so, so, we try to live in this illusion of avoiding it. And here, let me go back and lean on the Toltec. The Toltec tradition 
has a concept of the awareness of impending death. And in the West, we like, oh, no, 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 that's a death, a death wish. We don't want to talk about that. Well, it's not about death at all. It's about living. And, and the fact is, you're going to physically die. There's not one power in this universe, Nikki, that will guarantee that you will even wake up tomorrow. And, you know, your viewers are going, man, this is getting grim. No, it's not getting grim because when you embrace that and you understand that, then you realize this concept from the Toltec, there's an awareness of impending death. And what they say is the angel of death is over your left shoulder with its finger poised and it's just ready to tap you out all the time. And when you realize that, then you go, man. I got to live. I got to stop complaining and whining. And I got to get the warrior spirit on. And I got to live. I got to go for it. I got to stop, stop avoiding risk. I got, I got, you know, I'm already risking it because I don't even know if I'll wake up tomorrow. Oh, I want to convince myself that I will. And hopefully you will. And yet we don't know. We don't know. I mean, there are people I, I I hear of people in their 20s who go all the time. There are people in their 30s who go every single day. And, and so so that's just a fact of life. And when you embrace that, it's not about valuing death. It's about valuing life there in the mysteries. It says there are those who are not afraid of death because they're more afraid of not living. And so what happened back in 2020 is we got preyed upon collectively with our number one fear as humanity. Our number one fear is not being broke. Our number one fear is not being unloved. Our number one fear is death. And we got preyed upon with that number one fear. And boy, it put its fangs in our throat. And that's the virus that has stolen from all of us. And to ignore that, and I'll say this, and I'm kind of on a roll, but I'll stop, I'll back off. To ignore that, Nikki, is what is what some of these these general when you when you talk about it's a it's a well-known fact, and this is not millennial bashing at all, but it's a well-known fact in research that millennials hate feedback. They can't take it. They're, they're too sensitive. It hurts their psyche. Why? It's not their fault. It is their responsibility, but it's the way they've been raised with participation trophies and, and graduate even if you don't earn it and everybody wins no matter what. And maybe it was well-meaning like my multi-mega millionaire friend and his children, but it, it harmed instead of helped. And so that's that's where this avoidance that has become a, a pandemic, I'll use that word, in our world of softness and, and whininess and blame and not taking absolute responsibility for our own redemption and our own sovereignty. That's what's come into play and that's the great virus that we've got to eradicate. I agree with everything you said. It's, it's the, um, it's the great 
dilemma of our time. You know, people in general, but especially men, are being raised soft. In the, in, it's primarily a Western phenomenon. It's happening in Canada, the United States, United Kingdom, Germany, England. Uh, it's not happening in the Middle East. It's not happening in Africa. It's not happening in China or Russia or Eastern Europe. If you go to Eastern Europe, people there are strong and tough-minded. Here in Canada, um, Justin Trudeau uh, invoked something called the Emergencies Act after the Freedom Convoy um, began protesting in Ottawa. And, and they asked to meet with him and he refused because uh, he's honestly the millennial boy prime minister. And when he invoked the um, Emergencies Act, which is basically a war measures act that allows the government to go and seize bank accounts and throw people in jail and so forth. The folks who sounded the alarm were mostly Eastern European folks, uh, people from the Middle East, uh, like myself, people who'd lived in tyranny. Uh, they were strong, they were tough, and they said this should not be allowed. And they stood up and they said something. Well, everybody else here just kind of recoiled. Uh, you know, and, and it was it was incredible to watch. It was absolutely incredible to watch. And I thank God for the Canadian Senate, because for that act to be ratified, he needed the approval of the Canadian Senate. And he thought that was going to be a formality because he'd appointed a majority of the senators himself, the Canadian Senate's appointed. And what he didn't realize is that he appointed a bunch of civil libertarians who were horrified at what he'd done. And they were about to vote him down. So he withdrew the act because if they had voted him down, that would have triggered what's called a crisis of confidence. And the governor general acting on behalf of the then queen of England and queen of Canada would have dissolved his government. He'd have to go to the polls again. He didn't want to do that. But the people that stood up for us, the ones who were tough people, were the folks that have lived in tyranny, not the folks that have been brought up here. And I am very worried that in my little pocket, I'm raising my boys to be men. They're not soft. I can tell you that right now. Neither one of my boys are, uh, is soft. But I look around them, and the vast majority of their peers are soft. And that concerns me. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, let me, I, I just need to address this as well, because I'll, I'll restate any virtue taken to an extreme as a vice. And so, so there's a there's a fine there's a razor's edge on this topic because I believe a real man and this is my belief system for you as a viewer take it or leave it this is my experience I believe as a real man we respect women I believe as a real man we love and are kind to women. 100%. And unfortunately, and I believe as a real man, that that a real man can emote. A real man can do whatever he wants to do. If, if he experiences an emotion, then he experiences an emotion. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to wallow in it and do pity party. I'm not su suggesting that at all. But But I believe that a real man has a full spectrum of of human experiences 
And unfortunately, again, when we start to condition men to be, let, and I'll, I'll talk to both sides of the equation, any virtue taken to an extreme is a vice. When we start talking about being tough, then we, we merge into macho. Tough and macho, strong and macho are not the same thing. Macho is arrogance. Macho is ignorance. Macho is, is not being a man. You know, because the macho doesn't doesn't treat women well. He says, screw you to everyone else. He doesn't consider anyone else's opinions. He does whatever the heck he wants to do. And he doesn't he doesn't care whether you like it or not. That's not a real man. Not in my opinion. All right. But on the flip side of the coin is is effeminate. And and that that is the extreme. Any virtue taken to extreme is a vice. What we've got to have, and if you study, you know, I've been really blessed, Nikki. I've had some great mentors. I've had business mentors. I've had spiritual mentors. I've had mystical mentors, psychological mentors. And, and I've studied with some really great teachers. And, and one of the things that I've been privy to are the mystery teachings and Kabbalah, and in Kabbalah, it says, it says the harmony of opposites drives the universe. And, and if you take the opposites, because, because severity without mercy is cruelty. And unfortunately, if we're not careful, and this is this has been apparent, not in traditional current culture, but historically, there's been a lot of severity without mercy. So severity without mercy is cruelty. Mercy without severity is weakness. And, and so, you know, and, and I'll give you the extreme. Mercy is to say, oh, it's all about love it's all about peace. It's all about acceptance. It's all about understanding. And it's okay. You know, it's okay. Um, Mr. Trudeau, I'll use your example. That, you know, you're in charge of this country. And, you know, you're taking people's bank accounts. Oh, okay. I don't really like it. But I'm, I'm a peace-loving, merciful understanding person and i can i can see how you could do that all right that's weakness but on the other hand severity without mercy is cruelty to go out and i don't know what happened in canada i think i know but i don't want to speculate but if you look at what happened in the united states back in 2020 <laughs> severity without mercy going out and burning businesses and and burning cars and breaking windows and all those kinds of things. That's 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 not it either. No. You know, oh, I'm upset. Okay, well, you have a right to get upset. You don't have a right to cringe and infringe rather on someone else's rights. You don't have that right. And and so it's a real 
fine line, Nikki, and I hope I'm making sense. It's it. This is the first podcast I've, I've first podcast I've talked about these topics, but it's a razor's edge that we have to walk. You know, the the line between between success and failure is as fine as a razor's edge, and and we have to walk that. In the in the ancient traditions, they call it the way of the sword. It's a it's a really fine line that we walk between too much mercy, too much severity. It's the blending of the both. That's a real man. That's a real man who can sit down with his kids and love them and hold them and tell them how he feels about them. Not the guy who just, you know, shuffs that off on, on the mother. Let the mother do those things. A real man also can say, hey, get your homework done, or there's a day of reckoning coming, bud. So so it's both, if you will. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand. Um, and let me say this. I love women. Here at Sovereign Man, we love women. We honor women. And we have no time for misogyny, like none. Uh, and But we also have no time for misandry, like none. And right now, there's a small group of men that are engaging in somewhat misogynistic behavior. And they uh, are out there saying, hey, a man should do whatever he, he, he wants. And you know, don't go get married. Uh, the the rules are stacked against you. Yeah, that may be true. Um, and you're better off as a man uh, in this day and age, not um, not getting married, not forming a relationship with women. Go out there and chase excellence. That's a big thing a lot of them say, chase excellence. And then the next thing they say is um, chase excellence and just go have short-term relationships with women. And I'm, you know, using polite language here. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm with you. Yeah. And I listened to this and I, and I followed the work of some of these folks and there's a lot that they have to share with men that is good in terms of don't be a pussy, get out there and work, take responsibility for your own life, uh, become the best version of yourself, stop making excuses and stop living like you're owed something. You're not, the real world is not a participation trophy world. I like that part. But then they say, nah, um, it's it's all about you. Go out there, sleep with as, as many women as you want, and don't get married and don't get in long-term relationships. And I look at the world and I go, well, if 50% of the men out there refuse to go get married, refuse to go uh, start families with women, the population would precipitously drop. And if this became uh, the dominant strain of thinking among young men and boys, our society as we know it today would end and end horribly, you know? So on the one hand, yeah, society's misandry, society's attacks on men, calling them, you know, toxic and saying that masculinity is bad is terrible. And that kind of stuff, we don't stand for it here and we call it out every chance we get. And, and yet, on the other hand, you know, and you talked about this, any virtue taken to an extreme becomes a vice. 
saying, okay, we're not going to put up with this, but we're going to go this much further and say, women in the West now are, are a problem. Let's have nothing to do with them, except, I guess, go out with them and use them for sex is what they're saying. And I, I find both of these strains of thought crazy. I, I'm with you. And, and again, if I may wax, I was going to go esoteric. Let me, let me just go to science. Um, there is mounds of research from Stanford University on random event generators. Are you familiar with, with REGs? Are you, do you know that concept? I've heard the term, but I can't say that I really understand it well. Okay. Um, REGs, random event generators, the greatest example that you can relate to is a slot machine. And, and basically, a random event generator generates dashes and zeros. And so if you go in, you know, I, I live in Henderson, Nevada, suburb of Vegas, and we don't go to the strip. We don't gamble because I believe what Steve Wynn said. The only way to to make money in a casino is to own one. And I don't own one. So, and that was Steve Wynn who said that. So, okay, I'm not going to his casino and, and I'm not going to any of them. But nonetheless, they run slot machines with these REGs. And there's other things that REGs do as well, but this is a great example. Well, what has been proven at Stanford, and this this will blow your mind if you haven't heard this research, Nikki, and you can look it up. Just look up random event generators um, and research from Stanford. But nonetheless, what's been found is that we can control with our thoughts and feelings random event generators. We can make them be less random. And that tells you a lot about our power. That tells you a lot about our God-given ability. That tells you a lot about sovereignty. We have the ability to create something that is made to be random so that it's not random anymore. Now, here's my point. Men, and they've done research with men, women, and couples. Men are better at it than women. And the reason, according to the research, is because men tend to be more myopic. They tend to be more focused. Women tend to, and, and there's, always, there's always an exception when you talk about a rule. But the rule is men, you know, when I get on a project, I'm like, I'm laser. Yeah, me too. And women tend to be more, more multitasking. And so... So men are better at affecting random event generators because they're just like focused. You teach, you teach a guy and I used to do live events in Vegas and I would take participants out on the, on the casino floor and, and teach them principles to affect the slot machine and just watch them go at it. And so nonetheless, you know, this is just not my idea. You can look up the research. Men are better. Women can do it better when they're multitasking because that tends to be how women operate. Here's the point. Com committed, connected couples, male, female, not gay couples. And this is not about 
being gay or not being gay, the gay couples did not perform that well. Men and women committed, connected, not random. I just picked you up for a one night stand, but committed, connected, communicative couples did better than men did. They performed the best of all at affecting random event generators. Now, here's, here's the point. You want to talk about these guys, and, and this is science, and I'll give you some esotericism in a minute, but you want to talk about these guys who are saying, oh, don't get into a relationship, don't, don't get married, don't do these kinds of things. Um, you know, I was that guy for a long time. I waited a long time. My wife and I are going to celebrate our our third. We've been together 10 years and waited seven years to get married because I was just like, I've been, both of us been married before. And I was just like, I'm not going there again. You know, even though we were in a committed relationship, what's the point? It's in the heart. That was my thing. Marriage is in the heart. It's not on a contract. And, And that's true. But at the end of the day, We got married, and we're going to celebrate our third anniversary on December twenty second. And so, so yeah. And but we've been together ten years, and and so so, I was that guy. I understand that logic, even though it's not logic anymore, because I was operating from pain. I'd been through a lot of relationships where I had a broken heart, I had people, women cheat on me, I had all kinds of these these ugly experiences, and I was unconsciously, I was saying, never again, I'm not doing that. And and I had to heal that. And when I healed that, then I, I was like, okay, I, you know, let me start, let me start from square one. Now, the point, the big point is this, a committed couple can accomplish so much more in the world. If this guy, you said, go after excellence. Well, what the hell does excellence mean? You know, if you ask 20 people to define excellence, you get 20 different answers. For me, you're not excellent if you're not, if you're not in love. If you're not experiencing love and deep connection, you're not excellent. I don't care how much money you make, you know, and, and there's a lot of things that are excellent that, that qualify for excellent, but that's defined by the individual. And I suggest that excellence is a well-rounded experience financially, relationally, mentally, physically, spiritually. And, and when all, when all five of those are harmonious, then you're starting to approach excellence and, and, when the two of you are on the same page, and Nikki, you know, because we've talked with you and Teresa, Bersaba and I do work in relationships, and we're on the same page. We 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 do a check-in once a quarter. We we have our personal values, we have our relationship values, we have our personal vision, we have our relationship purpose, and we have all these goals individually as well as collectively. And we do a check-in once a quarter to see how well we're doing. And we grade ourselves and we grade each other. And, and we give as much energy and attention to our relationship as we do to our business. And when you're on the same page as a man who we're talking to today, 
and you have a committed, connected female. Now let me wax esoteric. You can't bring a baby into the world without a female. And you say, well, I don't want a baby. Well, okay, let's talk metaphorically. If you look at the esoteric traditions, they state it's the female energy in us as men. And yes, we have that. We have both. We have estrogen and testosterone, guys. All right. It's the female energy in us that brings things into form. It's not the masculine energy. The masculine energy comes up with ideas. It's the female energy that organizes it and nurtures it and puts it together and 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 makes sure that it's coddled and cared for. And, and yes, I'm talking metaphorically here now uh, because I don't have children. Bersabah and I don't chose not to have children, but we have children, if you will. We have we have children that results that we create. And it's the feminine energy that creates that. And so good luck to you as a guy, because the guy has intentions, he has inspirations. But if you don't have the harmony between the masculine and feminine in you, first and foremost, and then you have to, you have it in an external relationship, now you're firing on eight cylinders and not until. James, this has been a very powerful conversation. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I wanted someone of your, uh, of your caliber and your status uh, on this show to talk about the issue of overcoming adversity as a man. And you did that, but you went a lot deeper and you started to talk about really what it takes for a man to be a thoughtful man and deeply think about what kind of man he wants to be out there in the world and, and go and live life as that virtuous masculine man. The, the Roman word for man is at the root of the word virtue. Ver is the, is the, is the Roman word for man. And so a, a virtuous man is, according to the Romans, the only kind of man there is. And you really went deeply into that today. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Keep I'll doing great work, Nikki. Yeah, you too, pal. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Man Podcast. If you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be, we invite you to join the movement at SovereignMan.ca.